This is Berkeley Voices. I'm Ann Bryce. When Jericho De La Rose first strutted into the ballroom scene in Oakland two years ago, it felt like home. Immediately when I walked into that space, I was seen as a woman. And it was something that was completely different from the queer scene in San Francisco. I went to like some queer events and like queer parties, even like trans-specific parties, but they were mostly white. And then a lot of people did not know how to dance. And so I really go for like a dancing aspect when I go out. When I walked into ballroom, it was such a completely different experience. It was majority black and brown, queer and trans folk. Every, like mostly everyone just like knew how to dance, move in some way. And it was something that, I don't know, like what I've always dreamed of. She'd recently moved from Chicago, where she had this big, supportive group of friends. Her chosen family, she calls them. And when she moved to the Bay Area in 2021 for her master's program at UC Berkeley's Department of Art Practice, she really missed her people. When I moved out here, I was like so homesick. I was so sad. I cried literally every weekend. But when she walked into the ballroom scene at Oakland to all, she felt the same connection, the same radical acceptance and belonging that she felt in Chicago. In the world of ballroom, this is the space that we can make a name and that we can make history and be remembered because outside these walls, the world actively wants us to disappear. But in this space, we are allowed to take our 30 seconds of um, a spotlight and show people what we got. The ballroom scene, which first emerged in New York amid the Harlem Renaissance in the early 20th century, incorporates fashion, pageantry, and dance, alongside community building and self-care. Between the 1960s and 1980s, the city's drag competitions transformed from pageantry-style balls to voguing battles. The scene centers queer, trans, and non-binary people of color in an empowered performance space. So I'm going to this, like, ballroom event, um, eight-minute walk from my apartment, not knowing anyone. But I went, like, in line. I was like, okay, so where do I go? And so I, I came from the back, and then... I walked and I, you know, that means I, I, I vogued and like there are five elements of vogue that you need to know to get your tens, which is catwalk, duck walk, hands, spins and dips and floor performance. In ballroom, participants compete or walk in a specific category. First, they walk for judges and either get their tens and move on to the battle or they get chopped. Like I walked in Chicago, but I always got chopped. It was cringe. It was cringe. I definitely, like, I got sat. I didn't even deserve tens. I was like, what am I doing? Um, chops. Chops all around, right? Um, but there are people there that were encouraging me, like, keep doing what you need to do, you know? Like, if you keep working hard, you'll eventually get your tens. I get my tens now, right? I still get chops here and there, but, you know, everyone gets chopped. Now, Jericho practices at least every week, 
sometimes many times a week. And she has a new chosen family and a place where she's free to express a side of herself that she can't really in other spaces. It allows me to channel parts of my femininity that I can't in art, you know? It's it's just like a different way. And it helps me find freedom and a sense of belonging. Um, and it's a way to work out the physical traumas in my body. It is it is a form of therapy that is just like so indispensable for me in my life. Um, you know, it's a great way to stay active, right? Um, and it's a great way to like look forward to attaining goals. Um, you know, that's that's the thing with ballroom. It it helps people like save their lives. You know, they are able to find community. They're able to work towards common goals um they might also win grand prizes that help them out significantly financially i'm really glad that i found it because that's how good art is made is by having a life and living a life in finding her community in oakland's ballroom scene jericho also felt her world open up at berkeley where in her art she has explored themes of gender and culture and disconnection from her parents, who have refused to accept her for the queer, trans, femme queen that she is. And now, two years later, Jericho will be graduating on May 17th with a master's degree from the Department of Art Practice. Her thesis project is part of the annual UC Berkeley Master of Fine Arts exhibition, which opens on May 10th at the Berkeley Art Museum and Pacific Film Archive. I am a first-generation American immigrant. I came here when I was four years old um, from the Philippines. Yeah, and I grew up very heteronormative, very Catholic, um, as many um, Filipinos do. And I don't know, ever since... I I don't want to say ever since I was a kid, you know, because there's so much more than that. But, um, But the reality of it, was that I knew that I was queer from the get-go. And I didn't really have the language to think through my gender and gender expression until I was in undergrad. Jericho grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, where she went to Catholic school for her whole education. So from elementary school all the way through high school. Obviously, I faced a lot of homophobia queerphobia all that stuff like I was bullied absolutely I went to Catholic school I was also in many cases one of the only people of color and so I was like a fish out of water always after she graduated from high school she came out as queer to her parents who were kind of okay with it but she says it likely wasn't much of a surprise I was absolutely feminine as a kid. I was looking back at like childhood photos and I was like, my parents had to know. 
After high school, she enrolled in the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, where she learned how to do everything artistic. She took woodworking and metalworking classes. She learned how to sew costumes and do theatrical makeup and how to shoot and edit video, among tons of other skills. In her art, she explored her culture and religious upbringing and how it informed who she was in the world. She became part of this strong network of artists and activists within the queer Philippinex community in Chicago. My last birthday in Chicago, um, before I moved out here, I had like a giant birthday party. And so many people like came up to me during my party and was like, this is the first time I've ever been in a space with other queer, like Philippinex folk like me. And I was kind of like this um, origin point for a lot of people to connect with each other, right? Um, and yeah, like it was, it, it, that community, like I never really take it for granted. It's how I became who I am. And in terms of like that love and community, it's it's really about building genuine friendships, Jericho graduated from the Institute in 2017, and a year later, finally decided to tell her parents that she was trans and that she was going to start medically transitioning. I came out to them because I was like, I'm going to get hormones whether or not you want to help me. And I was like, I don't know, I was somewhat prepared, somewhat hopeful that they would be accepting. Um, But, you know, they weren't. And I don't know, uh, something kind of ticked for my dad. And uh, one night when I was visiting the house, he just like went off on me. And it was like one of the scariest and most traumatic experiences that I've ever had. Not fun, not fun to have like your father of, what was it? I think I was 23 or 22 um at the time um telling you that you're sick and an abomination um and i don't know i just like i knew who i was and it wasn't something that i was going to change for to make my parents happy at berkeley a lot of her new work focuses on this severance a separation that feels painful but necessary for jericho to live a full life as her true self. As a queer trans Philippinex woman, I try to make work for myself and for people like me. Um, It also means that I kind of don't have a choice in being political because my body is constantly politicized and um, there's so much legislation around trans bodies right now. So... I don't know, like with whether or not it's intentional for my work to be political, it always will be. 
but I do like intentionally think about kind of my positionality in the world, my ancestry and the histories that I'm interfacing with to develop the pieces because I don't want my work just to be pretty. I want it to also be conceptually resonant. Jericho's main medium is performance art. A lot of her practice involves research into Philippine mythology. She's interested, she says, in the consumption, digestion, and regurgitation of her culture and how Philippinex people metabolize their colonial trauma. And also another important aspect is kind of questioning the need to go back into the past as a means to justify who I am or who we are in terms of like over-romanticizing pre-colonial Philippines to the point that it is like not necessarily realistic or too idealistic, right? As if like indigenous people from the Philippines don't exist now and are alive and are actively fighting for land sovereignty. So drawing from Philippine mythology and um, kind of ghost stories or um, yeah, myths and legends, I kind of look into that and derive my work. Um, one of my first pieces dealt with this um, mythological creature, the Mananangal. And the Mananangal is a type of monster um, that is a beautiful woman by day, but a monstrous woman at night. She detaches herself from her lower body and she becomes a flying torso, flying around looking for unborn babies to eat. But I look at the Mananangal as kind of a metaphor for um, how society sees trans women, right? How this is literally a woman detached from her reproductive organs, right? And what are you as a woman if you can't reproduce? For her piece, Jericho kind of reworked the myth by making a dragified version of it. She dressed up in a Mananangal costume with fake wings and then slept in a gallery for six hours, rendering herself, the monster, vulnerable and harmless. The performance also drew on U.S. history, when indigenous people from around the world, including people from the Philippines, were put on display in human zoos. What does it mean for me to like also take on this legacy? Um, what does it mean to, for me as a brown woman to be taking up space in a white cube gallery? And with that question, I just slept and I found rest. You know, I, I literally gave the audience nothing, but also gave myself everything. For her first MFA show at the Worth Writer Art Gallery on campus, Jericho built a giant wooden cross platform and made a cast of her upper body out of wax. And for the performance, I broke that down and melted it and used that melted wax and poured it on my on the lower half of my body. And that piece is called In Between. Um, thinking about, you know, like, you know, in between, like, life and death, in between, like, monster human, um, what's in between my legs is kind of like 
a point of contention for the authenticity of who I am as a person. Um, literally on a cross, like there. But um, uh, uh, the performance was this kind of futile attempt of casting the lower part of my body. Uh, and that gesture was again, very metaphorical for the experience of transitioning, right? Um, kind of the, both the pain and beauty that comes with it. And the kind of uh, attempt at uh, striving towards femininity in a society that constantly invalidates your femininity and might not ever even see you as a woman. Jericho says that being at Berkeley, where she's felt challenged to develop her craft and concepts, has helped push her forward in her life as an artist. Last year, she won the Jack Kay and Gertrude Murphy Award, given each year to one MFA student in the Bay Area of, quote, unusual caliber with great artistic promise. Jericho's final piece, which she'll present in June, involves her parents again. This time, she's using archival photos of them that she took several years ago. I made two tapestries uh, from my parents' stomachs, images of my parents' stomachs. So I took an image of my mom's belly and my dad's belly, and I caught their scars. My dad has a scar from having colon cancer and having his appendix removed, and my mom has uh, stretch marks from giving birth. Essentially, for the performance, I'm literally unraveling these tapestries string by string, taking these strings from the images of my of parents' stomachs, tying them to my body, and pulling away, creating this visual tension with the threads to the point they come off of the tapestry and alter the tapestries um, permanently. And then what I'm left over are these strings. And the, this performance, I think it's really fitting to be my final performance because it's about disconnection and severance. And I'm thinking about, you know, how much of myself is a part of them and how much of them are a part of me. And it's kind of this final goodbye. After she graduates, Jericho hopes to get gallery representation. And she's also applying for artist residencies. She might teach someday. But for now, she wants to work on her own practice while she still has the energy. My dream is to not have to struggle to survive. I want to thrive. I want to actually live a life, you know, make my name mean something. That's what a lot of people in ballroom want to do too, right? 
And so in these little pockets of reality that we create, we attempt to, again, in, in a lot of our own delusional ways, we, we attempt to create something out of nothing. I'm not changing myself. I dress as, like, every time I step onto campus, I make sure I'm the best dressed. I make sure that I stand out and that no one can tell me anything, right? So, I don't know. Being that person, being that queer trans person, completely owning herself, I hope gives other people permission to be themselves too. The annual UC Berkeley Master of Fine Arts exhibition will run from May 10th through July 23rd at the Berkeley Art Museum and Pacific Film Archive. You can find more information, including details about this year's artist's talk and Jericho's final performance on BAMPFA.org. I'm Anne Bryce, and this is Berkeley Voices, a Berkeley News podcast from the Office of Communications and Public Affairs at UC Berkeley. If you enjoy Berkeley Voices, tell a friend about us and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We also have another show, Berkeley Talks, which features lectures and conversations at Berkeley. You can find all of our podcast episodes with transcripts and photos on Berkeley News at news.berkeley.edu slash podcasts. <laughs>